0: hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast so today we're going to talk about waste and how to turn it into a resource so i'll see you on the episode so the big question is this how do we live in more sustainable and regenerative ways how can we tap into the ancient secrets of living in harmony with the sacred nature of life How do we embody the interconnected web of life that thrives in abundance within each of us? That is the question, and this podcast will explore the answers. My name is Craig Hubbard, and welcome to Shambhala Living. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Shambhala Living podcast. So, today we're going to talk about waste and how to turn one of our most significant wastes into one of our best and most amazing resources today is all about the waste, the one that we don't like talking about, the one that kind of makes us most uncomfortable, and that is our manure, our humanure. So I read a book called The Humanure Handbook, and I would recommend it to anyone that is interested in sustainable and regenerative living, because as animals, mammals, which, what. is what we are as humans. We have a waste product. And at the moment, the, the majority of the human population deals with this waste product by, and this is our, our poops, our, our waste. You know, I've said it, so, most of us are, are uncomfortable with that. But in nature, there is no such thing as waste. So everything just is traveling through a cycle moving from one stage to the next. And ever, whenever we interrupt that cycle and divert it out of the natural system, then we create a problem. And what we've done as humans is we've created this situation where we've taken our waste, we've used precious resource to flush it down a toilet, which there's only a very small amount of the water on the planet, less than 2% is actually drinkable, meaning less, less than 2% is actually um, fresh water. So we take this precious resource and we use it to flush it down the toilet, and then we, we have it as this liquid waste, and liquid waste is the hardest to deal with. And then we send that into our waterways or worse, we then treat it with chemicals and then send it into our waterways. But as liquid, it has to naturally fall to its lowest point. So water always falls to the lowest point. So unless we can contain it somehow, it always will end up in our waterways and then eventually in our oceans. We've got close to 8 billion of us now. And if you can imagine using the precious resource of our drinking water to flush this waste into effectively into our waterways it seems like a really dumb thing to happen and it is it 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 really is and i think that there is a simple solution and i read it in the book called the humanure handbook even just describing it as humanure kind of brings it down to well we As organic farmers, organic growers, I'm comfortable using manure from another animal, but I'm not comfortable using manure from humans. That's the the general consensus. And I get that. There's, there's, There's a lot of fear around that. However, we do need to deal with our problems as humans. So if we're generating a waste, whatever that waste is, we need to be willing to deal with it. This book came across my awareness and I, I purchased the book and I read the book. It made so much sense, I really grasped the, the 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 problem and then the solution. And the solution was keeping the waste as dry matter and using the simple composting process to turn this waste into one of the most amazing resources which is compost. The source or the ingredients for any compost is nitrogen and carbon so nitrogen is anything that is like vegetables manure is the best source of of nitrogen but it can also be green plants and then carbon is anything that's dry and brown like dried leaves mulch sawdust paper cardboard all of these things are carbon and anything that's still kind of living or breaking down is and has greenery still to it is considered nitrogen so green grass is nitrogen dried grass it's is now carbon when we mix these two together at a ratio of 25 parts carbon to one part nitrogen with water moisture and oxygen then the microbes go to work and they start breeding and they start breaking these two or these components down utilizing them and then turning that whole mixture into this amazing black gold compost but it only happens when there's oxygen and water and drainage and the combination of nitrogen and carbon now if we get that wrong and we we have too much water, as in if we flush our wastes down into liquids, there's no way that we can do that. We have to do that in with chemicals or in anaerobic ways, which are a lot more difficult to, to manage. So anyway, I had this, this kind of concept come across and I, I wanted to understand more how I could contribute as a human and, and, and take on Some of these solutions, at least in my own family. But I was a little nervous, I was like, I don't know how this if this works, because I'd I'd heard this concept in this book that we can have a simple composting toilet for under $50, even under $20. And on the other side of things, that the toilets that I was looking at were 10,000, 20,000 for a, a unit, not just for the toilet, but the whole system, to take it into a water treatment system. Because we were on, this was not just to pump it into the septic that then heads out somewhere. It was to say, okay, we're going to be responsible for our waste. And we were, we were um, off grid, so we had to deal with it one way or another. And to set up a black water system was going to be expensive. I was a little scared of this idea, but then, one day, our, our whole system failed. Our liquid system failed, and we were at the toilet blocked up effectively. And we called the plumber, and he couldn't fix it. And he was saying, "You're going to have to install this whole system." He gave us quotes ranging from, depending on the the brands that we're using, was ten to twenty thousand. And then in this book, was saying we could set up a a composting system from the collection, basically the toilet section, to the the composting component for under $20. And I was like, well, $20,000, $20, and on one hand we effectively just wasted our, our resource, and on the other hand we created this amazing compost When this toilet broke and I had to come up with a solution, I was like, all right, now's the time to actually take this and give it a a try. So I made up the box, which is a simple box, and it was holding a 20-litre bucket. The 20-litre bucket looks and feels like and acts like a normal toilet, and every time you go ones or twos, you just simply put a layer of sawdust. So at no point do you ever see anything in there and and you're just constantly layering. After a couple of days, depending on how many people in the family, you lift up the lid, put a a lid on the bucket, take it outside to a pallet bay, a cubic meter pallet bay system, which was just four pallets uh, wired together or screwed together. We had a a little roof or a little tarp over it so it didn't get, if it rained, it didn't get um, too wet. And then we would Upend that toilet or that bucket into this pallet bay and again, we would f- we would cover the whole lot with some um, Sawdust or mulch and then with a layer of hay It wasn't too much work and we would usually do that about twice a week and that would be my job to take that out empty it into the pallet bay Give it a washout and put it back reset it and it was all good to go at the end of six months this pallet bay was was full and there was no smell nothing at all to see and at the end of the six months we we had two pallet bay systems so then we shut one down and then we started on another pallet bay system so we built the second one when this one got too full and then we we went back and checked on the first one and it was amazing there was it was full of life, full of worms, full of like earthworms. Now, so that and what I started to understand was when that combination, which in in fact the combination of the manure coming out of a mammal like ourselves, or, or a cow, or a horse, or a sheep, or a pig, when that is composted down using a carbon source, a good carbon source that's um, nice and fine like sawdust is a perfect one but it can also be mulch a fine mulch and at a pinch it can be any kind of carbon when that's mixed together with that that moisture and that air creates the most amazing black gold compost it gets up to 70 degrees so it can get really hot and there's um, thermometers that we can put in there to check. When they get to the ther- the 70 degrees, we call it thermophilic that kills off any pathogens in there. They can't survive over th- at that temperature. Then it comes down to uh, 30 to 40 degrees and then the earthworms start coming back in and that whole, waste turns into the most abundant source of nutrient that can be then applied to fruit trees. We don't recommend it going into the, f- the the food gardens where the leaves will get eaten just in case you haven't had your thermophilic process right but under fruit trees where you'll be eating the fruit, banana trees or native trees, it is amazing. And that whole pallet bay that was a cubic meter after sitting for six months, then broke down, composted down to only a quarter of that. So that was our experience over a six month period at our home for our family. And then after seeing that and trusting that, then I brought that system to the farm and we use that system now today in all of our toilet systems for the yoga shala, for the the woofers, the times that we had 10 to 12 woofers staying on site, all of that was going through dry composting systems. It was so sanitary and clean, and it was so much more effective than the liquid systems that we have, because we've also got a liquid system, but to be legal, because that was the the this kind of system that the council wanted, it, It was a $20,000 system, and the amount of failures, the smells, the things that the problems that we had with that system were amazing compared to the the positive results that we saw in this pallet bay system for up to 10 people. And over a, a six month period with over 10 people, we were only going through a cubic meter in a couple of months and that would break down and then that process would just go. So we end up building a four bay pallet system and then we end up extending it to a six bay. So we had three pallet bays that were our collection bays and we would number them one to three and there was an open sign saying this is the one where you can uh, empty the buckets in and these other two are closed for composting And then our other spare bays had our dry storage of the carbon in it. And it was such a simple system. The resource that it produced was the thing that is missing in our whole system. So in our current food production system, we are not putting our waste products back into the system. Therefore we have a nutrient lack, our soils, soil life, which relies on these waste products to, to feed the soil life, were lacking, so therefore we need another source which the chemical revolution over the last 100 years has said, don't worry, we've got the solution, and they gave us chemicals, and therefore for the last 80 to 100 years, We've been feeding or the 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 general agriculture population has been feeding the soil with synthetic chemicals to give the soil or give the plants the food that it needs to grow because it wasn't getting its natural solution from the waste going back to the soil and then we have this problem of synthetics going into the system and therefore we're gonna be, anyone that's eating this food is gonna get unhealthy, get sick, and they're gonna need some kind of uh, synthetic solution from the pharmaceutical industry. So it, it's interesting that the rise of the use of chemicals in the soil also matches the rise of the cancers, the obesity, the heart disease, and all the problems that we need to fix as um, in the health system all stemming from this simple problem arising from our lack of nutrient in our soil. So there was a book that's quite a famous book in the regenerative agriculture known as uh, 40,000 Years of Farming or 40, sorry, 40 centuries of farming. And it's about how the Asian cultures were using the same land to grow crops for 4,000 years and it was using waste. Now their system back then was pretty crude and now we've got the science to back up a composting process that eliminates any bacteria, any dangers, any pathogens through a withholding period of three to six months and getting it up to that thermophilic stage not just applying raw manures to fields, which was happening in, in the years, but the main thing was that, that was the waste was returning back to the earth. And if you see it like a cycle, any food that's been produced by the earth then gets eaten by a mammal or breaks back down and it's meant to return back to the earth. And that cycle then continues and that is what we call the sustainable cycle and right now we haven't got that happening and i believe it's because humans have disassociated ourselves so far from this natural world where we don't even consider ourselves as mammals or ourselves as part of the system we just see ourselves as this dominating thing where nature is our you know our resource in a way am and it's sad to, to, to even think that that's what it is but unfortunately you look around that that's what it is we as humans just we we don't have respect for the earth and the best way i think that we can respect the earth is earth is to bring our waste back to the soil if all that you get out of this is so it might have been confrontational to, to hear this. Maybe it's in slightly enlightening. I was a, a, a both intrigued and also a little bit kind of like eked out by it. But the more I've been presented with it and now the results that I've seen, I'm a firm believer that's this is one of our most important things that we need to, to solve to get past the fact that we are mammals, we, the, the waste products that we produce need to find a way to be returned to the earth. And they cannot do that if they get turned into liquid because that's just too hard to, to deal with that you can't have the, um, the composting process when it's turned to liquid. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work unless it's in a very controlled environment there is so uh, so many solutions, and here, these are ones that we can have in the Western world and also in the Third World countries. So, the Humanure Project has been creating humanure toilets for for um, in the in the Third Worlds to bring sanitary conditions and also give them a resource base: the soil, the compost. The the end result to then grow food in and it's been amazing to see that but i think now we need to bring that further into the western world and be more okay with that to bring that more into the councils to see that there is sanitary healthy ways of bringing our waste product back into our soils which are so desperately needing the nutrient I, I won't go too far into the detail of that. That's not what this podcast is about, or at least this episode. It's more just to bring your awareness to it. So if you um, want to learn more, you I'd, I'd so highly recommend reading the Human You i Handbook. I'll, I'll make an effort to put it into the notes, uh, the link to it. And you can email me with any questions. I know I've had a lot of people ask, how do we build one? what are the the ways there is specific ways but it's not as hard as you think but you do need to do a few certain things and just so you kind of get the picture it where's the toilet located the toilet is located in the bathroom or it can be in an outhouse it looks like a normal toilet there's a little box with a bucket in there and toilet seat everything is there and then outside in a location is your compost bay and they are, they're both part of the system and, then, and that is foundational to, to any sustainable living system. So if I was to go and set up a new location, a new farm, a new, a new project, that would be one of the first things I would be doing, setting up the compost system so that we have a solution for our waste in in a hygienic way because we can't all just plug into the um, the big pipeline and and when we do just plug into the big pipelines the sewage system I'm talking about then we're just trusting that the government or some corporation is going to handle it for us and they're not they don't you know they they will treat it but it's it's not returning back to the soils it can't it's it's liquid so it has It just has to sit in big pits until it goes into the waterways, which then causes acidification that gets into our oceans. And then we have an acidification problem, which then is causing huge problems all around the world. This is our chance to begin to own the solutions to the problems that we're creating and become part of a, a better way of living in harmony with the earth. And that is to have dry composting toilets, no need for water, so we're saving on water, we're creating a resource, it's a win-win. It's a, and everyone that I've um, got onto this, they've never gone back to a flushing toilet. I would so highly recommend you investigating it further, giving it a go, and it is one of the most sustainable things that you can do. Well, that's all for now for this episode. So I will see you in another episode. All right. Thanks for, for joining me. Bye for now. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shambhala Living Podcast. If you enjoyed it, then I'd love it if you'd share it with some friends and subscribe to this channel and turn on notifications so you can find out when the next podcast comes out. You can find us at Instagram at Shambhala Farm and also check out our upcoming 12-week food growing course. You can find out more details on our newsletter list or on Instagram. I'll see you on the next episode.